Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Well, Peter, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I really appreciate you just carving out the time. And, you know, you and I have not had a ton of conversations, but love the energy, love the community that you're involved in. And, you know, just uh, I had we had a mutual friend of ours that referred us and um, yeah. I immediately just said, hey, come on the podcast, because um, I know enough about you and your energy that I was I was like, just just come join us. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. It's, it's great to be here because I actually love your show. So I like listen to it. I'm a listener before you and I even got to connect through our mutual friend. And now to be on it is a, is a, is a gift. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, sometimes when, when life weaves things and people together, I just, I just kind of roll with it. Um, I'm not an overly analytical or data driven guy. Surprisingly, a lot of people think I am, but I'm not. And so I don't know, just intuitively, I think we're going to have fun together and I think it's going to be a good show. Totally. Me too. So let's get into the questions. Um, who has had the greatest impact on your life? There are so many people, right? It's hard to kind of choose one. Um, but I, I know immediately who comes to mind and it's actually a mutual friend of ours. Um, Sean Stevenson, mm. who, uh, some of you that are listening may have heard of Sean. Some of you don't know him. So I kind of share a little bit of backstory, but Sean was one of my best friends and uh, he passed away a couple years ago. Um, and he was an extraordinary human being. Sean was born uh, with many challenges. And I kind of want to share a little backstory because he was born with a genetic disorder called osteogenesis imperfecta. And I know that's a huge word. Uh, so an easy way to remember it is it's called brittle, brittle bone disorder. And when he was born, uh, every doctor told his parents that he wasn't going to survive mm. because his body was so fragile. In fact, Later in life, he grew to be three feet tall and in a wheelchair. He literally didn't have the strength in his body to stand on his two feet. And his body was so fragile, he would sneeze and fracture a rib. Mm. And he had 200 fractures by the time he was 18 years old. Like everything was against this, this human, it, it felt like. Um, and I met Sean 12 years ago. I met him at an event. And we became really good friends. And he he's one of, in my opinion, one of the best speakers and coaches and therapists on the planet. And so I've learned so many lessons from him. Um, but he had probably the single greatest effect. He's why, Mike, I do what I do with coaching today. Because um, there was a moment where we were kind of deepening our friendship. And I flew out to Arizona where he was living at the time um, in, I think it was South Mountain. I know you're familiar with the area. Mm -hmm. And we went on a road trip to LA um, to an event that he was speaking at. And I remember him asking me like what I wanted to do with my life and what you know, my vision and my dreams were. And I told him I wanted to become a coach and I wanted to build a coaching business. And so he dug deeper and he kind of asked about my background. I said, well, you know, I just don't know, you know, there's nothing unique about me. There's nothing special about me. I had like a lot of like unworthiness going on. Right. And uh, he dug deeper. He didn't accept my limiting beliefs. He um, 
was a trained therapist. So he kind of knew what to ask. And he pulled this story out of me from my past that I literally blocked out for most of my life. And it was a painful story. And I remember sharing it with him and he just sat there in awe and he reflected back to me, Peter, how could you possibly think you don't have what it takes or you don't have something unique to share? He's like that pain of your past. That's where your power comes from. And this is kind of becoming a cliche, right? Your message is hitting with your mess. But that one moment where we're in that road trip, where there's no distractions, we're going deep, um, kind of led to a, a friendship that lasts a very long time. And, and yeah, he was hands down the most influential person in my life. That's awesome, man. He was just an amazing human. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what do you think that would be? So there's kind of, I'm going to share one thing um, because success to me means more than just financial success, right? Success is a life that you get to do what you love when you want to do it and uh, create memories that last a lifetime. And so for me, uh, one thing that I've really worked hard on these last say five years, um, I wasn't great at this when I was younger is actually prioritizing the things that bring me joy and the things that I love doing whether that's golfing or surfing or spending hiking with family and friends. Um, I used to work as an investment banker, Mike. I used to work 80, 90, 100 hours a week and chasing that dollar, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with becoming wealthy and successful. I love that because that's improving our quality of life. But I did it at the cost of everything. Mm. I did it then at the cost of my health, at the cost of my relationships. Um, And I saw this pattern in my family a lot. And so I feel like the life I'm living today, I don't feel like I've arrived, of course. I feel like I'm on the path to freedom. I don't think I'm there yet. But um, I feel like just choosing to prioritize the things that bring me joy with my loved ones is what makes me feel successful. Mm, I love it. Well, and you know, really, I I resonate with that a lot because, you know, everything that I've... and, And I think this is the case with anybody. It's just like bringing that back into perspective. I mean, everything that... I've done is framed from, you know, my childhood and my dad not being present and deciding that I was going to be a present husband and a present father. And it's so easy, you know, on our path and our journey, you know, starting a business when I was 24, it's so easy to get out of balance and forget why you're doing all of that. But the reality at the end of the day is like, you know, those are the two main things for me is really my first role is husband and my second role is father. And um, it's, it's really easy to get out of balance with that though. That's so true. I, uh, I love that you said first role husband and second whole father too, because that's obviously important to be a great father. You want to prioritize, right? The love with your partner and your marriage. Um, when I was in investment banking, right? I was working 80, 80, 90 hours a week. I was living in Chicago at the time. And this was like 2007, 2008 right around the great recession. Um, And I'll never forget, I was in the office till midnight for like a series of weeks. And that that wasn't unusual for that kind of work. Um, But one of the partners of the firm, my mentor at the time was in the office too. Hmm. And he had nothing pressing the next day. There was no big pitch. There was no big meetings that he was preparing for. He was just there. And I saw this pattern day after day, week after week. And I became curious. And I, I remember sitting down one day at lunch with him and being like, Glenn, just out of curiosity, like I get why I'm putting in the long hours. I'm an analyst. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. Why are you here? What are you working so hard on? And he says, um, I'm here at the office all the time because 
I don't, I don't want to have to go back to my family mm. because I've neglected them for so many years. Wow. And this was somebody that had everything that I thought I wanted, right? He had the house and the cars and the things that I was striving for, but it came at a pursuit of, of neglecting the other things that, you know, I think are more meaningful um, or, 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 or very meaningful. And so that like moment was a kind of crystal ball moment where it was shocking. It was surprising, but it led me on my path to kind of leave that career. And again, I don't want to throw and generalize all investment bankers into that. That was just kind of my journey. But to hear you say that with your level of success, to say that you're prioritizing number one, yourself as a husband and a father is really awesome. And I just saw that that's how I want to do, especially at this stage, because my wife and I are expecting our firstborn in a few months from now, which is super exciting. So I want to be really intentional and be that present husband and father. Yeah. You know, it's, um, there's, as you're saying that there's a, there's a young man that, um, did my content for a long time. And, um, then he started his own business. It's called Know How Media and him and his wife, uh, just announced probably three or four weeks ago that they're pregnant and having a kid. And I saw him put up a story the other day and he, he does a lot of my content and stuff still. Mm -hmm. He put up a story the other day and he said, um, you know, putting in those 16 hour days right now so that when the baby comes, I can put in 16 hour weeks. And I was like, that is so awesome. Like, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah totally. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? The greatest setback, um, my greatest setback was actually losing my dad, mm. um, which happened pretty young. He, he passed when he was 60 and I was 25 years old. And um, it wasn't a, like, a, like a incident, a shock that happened, like he had gotten sick for a while. But I real, I, like that was a really pivotal impact on my life because my dad was my, my great, my hero, right? And um, my dad had some challenges with alcoholism. Uh, for many years. And I actually didn't really know my dad, Mike, until I was 12 years old. I lived with my mom. They separated when I was six months old. I lived with my mom. And uh, then she had some challenges with alcoholism. She went off to rehab and I went to live with my dad. Mm. And those first few years were great, but eventually it got, it got hard and got worse. And so um, the exact moment was when, you know, he was ill and he, he was in hospice. And I remember like feeling really angry with him. And, um, I hope it's okay that I'm kind of being vulnerable about oh, this. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I remember feeling like really angry and, and asking him like, dad, why did you, why did you choose this? Why did you do this to yourself? And why did you do this for, to me? And I kind of felt like in that, in that victim mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember him just sharing that he, he didn't really love himself and he felt like he wasn't living up to his parents' expectations. And he said those two things were kind of what led him to make the decisions that he did. And as hurtful as it was to like experience the choices that he made, it was such a lesson for me at that age. Like it was a, such a lesson. It was actually right around that time when I had that moment or that aha moment with my mentor in the investment banking world was with my dad passing and me realizing how fragile life was. And then realizing that I wasn't in a career that brought me joy and, and it wasn't aligned with my passion. I made the pivot and I just kind of decided in that moment to no longer let my need for approval to run my life. Cause at that time I was in that career because my family approved it of it. And my grandparents approved of it and it had status and all those things, but it wasn't something I was happy with. 
And so I think sometimes our greatest life lessons are in like our most painful moments. And that was, that was one of them for me, for sure. You know, I'm curious, cause I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, you, you obviously, you were in a place, you were in, you know, a career that was, was not motivating you. You were not driven. You were not passionate about it. And mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of the story <laughs> is, uh, it's easy to connect the dots forward, but I've been thinking about this a lot. I talked to so many people that want to, you know, exit their W2 job. I talked to a lot of people that actually want to get out of their business. And I've been thinking about this. Um, in your case, like you needed to leave that career. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, yes. But I'm curious of your thoughts on, on this. Um, and we'll get into, you know, a little bit more like what you do and everything else. But mm-hmm. I, I've been, I've been pondering and just meditating lately. Like if we're not happy in our relationships and we're not happy in our life in general, I think it's really happy to, or really hard to be happy in our career, whether it's a W2 job or, or a business. And I'm just surprised at how many business owners I've spoken with lately that want to shut down their business and they want to get into passive investing. Or I talk to people all the time that want to get into real estate investing because they think it's going to be this passive thing, which it can be. But the reality is, is like, you know, I run a mobile home park investment business and it's like, it's a, it's a business. It's not, it's not like sending me money while I'm sleeping at night. It's just another business. So I'm curious, like, and again, I think it's really cool that you were able to identify that that was not bringing you you know, happiness and fulfilling you and you needed to switch careers. But I think a lot of people are running from things that, you know, even when they get into that next W2 job or they start another business or they think they find this passive investing, like if we're running from uh, other things in our life, it's not going to be any better on the other side. 100%. Yeah, it's not all about the career or the business, right? So that's like, that's one of those false things is like, oh, the grass is greener. Once I get out of this situation, then everything's going to be good. And then if they've, you know, don't have the best marriage, if they don't have the best relationship with their kids, then that unhappiness or that thing that's missing is not going to be fulfilled by the next business Mm. or the next career. Right. I think, I think it's a, it's important. And, and one of the things I really respect about, about you is that you take that holistic approach with family and looking at the every area of your life. And that's what makes, in my opinion, like a high quality of life is when you are pursuing your goals and health and fitness, when you're creating experiences for you and your family, when you're prioritizing the intimacy and the passion and their connection with your wife or your partner, like that's what makes a a happy, fulfilling life. And everyone's, you know, definition of that is different. Um, I think career is really important though, because we spend most of our waking hours doing it, right? And so that's a a big thing where for me, I discovered um, there's aspects of that career that I enjoyed, but many of them that that I didn't. And for me now, what I do today with coaching and training, the majority of it I enjoy, there's still some pieces that I don't. I'm sure just like you, there's always aspects Mm -hmm. of the business that you don't love, but I love who I'm doing it for and why I'm doing it. I don't always have to love what I'm doing every day, right? And so obviously the goal is to build a team and to delegate some of those pieces as much as you possibly can. But there's still some of that that comes up for me, but I hold the vision of like, this is who I'm impacting. This is a ripple effect that's happening. And that's what like, that's what lights me up. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I think it was, um, I don't remember who put this up, but I saw somebody put a post up the other day that said, Um, I can't, I don't have enough time to pay attention to whether the grass is greener on the other side. I'm too busy watering and fertilizing my own. And I thought that was so good. I love that. Yeah. I love it too. 
Um, what is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Kind of the thing that was my greatest lesson, which is, which is prioritizing the thing, the things that bring you joy, mm. like really doing that. And, and again, I wasn't always great at that. Um, one of my dear friends, I don't know if you know him, Tiamo, Mm-mm. mutual friend of Billy's who, who we know, but um, he shared that with me and he found that I was kind of like so focused tunnel vision on business. And I, I, I do that you know, with intention, because I enjoy it. But he's like, what about your passion for hiking and going on trips and, and doing all that stuff? And I, and I feel like we are conditioned in society, right, to always pursue more. And I love part of that about our society and about our world of like achievement and actual self-actualization. And to do it at the cost of some of the other things in this, in this journey that we're on, like we can get so attached to that destination. Mm. Right. And uh, I've heard you say this before. And I think I heard, I think it was Morgan Housel is the first person I heard say this in his book, psychology of money of like that goalpost keeps moving. Right. And so part of that makes us strive more and makes us driven, but part of that always makes us feel like we're never there. Mm-hmm. And there's almost like a dissatisfaction there. So I think that for me, the advice I give most is yes, you know, prioritize your business and your goals there and make sure to enjoy the journey along the way because this life is not guaranteed to us, you know, tomorrow. And I don't share that to be remorse. I just share that to be to be real, right? Yeah. Our life is fragile. And I think that we're gonna remember when we enter that stage of our life many years from now, those experiences and those moments we had with our loved ones more than anything else. Yeah, it's so good. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about this off camera um, or before the recording. And, you know, I've just been pondering like um, just inspiration versus stagnation and and desperation. And, you know, we're just in this, we're in such an interesting time right now. Um, and, And I think our mindset around this is so important. And just even thinking about inspiration, Karen and I were, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. And I think we live in one of the most amazing times um, of any time in history, like, yeah. Okay. So recession and two quarters and, you know, COVID a couple years ago and, and, you know, Democrat Republican war in Russia, like when, I mean, if we, if we let all that sink in, like I, I get it, it can be really challenging. And, and I don't want to, um, you know, sit here and say that I'm not, you know, sensitive there there's challenges and, um, you know, inflation and the middle class is being wiped out and the, you know, the cost of goods and services are skyrocketing while wages aren't keeping up with it. And I'm not saying that all of that isn't real, but the mindset that we bring to the table and, and even just back to that zone of inspiration, I know a big thing that you love to talk about is, you know, mindset and fear. And so many people right now, I think are, uh, they don't know what's going to happen. And I love that scripture in Proverbs that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I don't love you know, the, the feeling, but, but it's just such a revelation because when we lose hope, um, that's when we get into this zone where, and again, just even back to that inspiration, stagnation, and then ultimately desperation. I think there's so many people that are desperate right now because they've been in that place of stagnation. They don't feel like they're growing. They don't feel like they're moving, but really that's why I want to be around people like you and, and turn off the media and listen, you know, who we surround ourselves with. It's so important because being in that zone of inspiration is where, that can all really change. So it so is. And and I would just like echo back, Mike, like it's unbelievable how important it is to guard our mind, to protect our mindset right around that, because you're right. The narrative in the mainstream media right now 
is really toxic, right? It's designed to ignite, to startle us, mm -hmm. to capture our attention, to ignite fear. Like it's literally designed to do that because that's how you get clicks and that's how you get, you know, viewers and all that stuff. And so I, you know, the last couple of years for me, there were moments where I was like very uncertain and very scared. And that comes into my world every now and then, but I've done, um, I've really made a conscious effort to block out anything that doesn't serve me, not in a place of like, I want to put myself in a bubble and be ignorant to what's going on. Obviously I know what's going on, or I, I have an experience of what's going on, but to also protect, how can I keep myself in the most um, high vibration, positive focus, because yes, there's the economy and then there's our economy, mm -hmm. right? And those are two very different things. If we focus on the economy, if it's in a recession or whatever's going on, there can be an impact there. But if we like, if we write that as our narrative, then that's literally all we see. Yeah. We don't see the opportunities that are right in front of us, right? If we hear the, the fear that's happening with rising interest rates and all of that, then that's all that our mind can see. And it deletes everything else that is opportunity and ways to serve and ways to, to improve our life. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just, I, I'm getting passionate about no, it. I love church. it. I'm, because, yeah. you know, what you're saying, like that perspective, I, I put up a, a story the other day and said, oh, I hear there's a, uh, a recession coming. I refuse to participate. And I think it's, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I get that there's challenges. I get that there's struggles, but the reality is anybody, anybody that goes out there and succeeds, whether it's in a good time or a bad time, up times, down times, they mm -hmm. do it because of that mindset that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. They, they do. And I, you know, I, I remember, I'm, I'm just thinking back to like the last, the mass memory I have of feeling some of the feelings I've had the last couple of years was 2008. Mm. Right. It was 2008. And I remember being at that time, I was 22, 23 years old, did not have a lot of experience. I was working in investment banking and started my career and the most deal flow we've ever seen in history. It was amazing. And then 12 months later, you know, Bear Stearns, Lehman, yeah. the, the recession, 50% of our company gets laid off 50%. And I remember being 23 years old, being like having, like having that be such a, a visceral experience in my life that it actually kept me out of investing and away from investing for a long time. Mm -hmm. It was a really valuable lesson because I missed a lot of opportunity, right? As mm -hmm. things started to go up. Um, and we have these moments where, you know, it's a significant moment for us, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a blip on the radar, but we take that moment and we generalize it. And so I just want the viewers or the listeners to kind of be aware that this could be one of those moments if you fall into the narrative of, of, of media right now. Yeah. And again, like you said, having the compassion and the empathy that I get that some people for sure, like a lot of people, there things are challenging, can be challenging right now. And how can you take responsibility and focus on the things that we can control instead of all the things that are completely outside of our control? Yeah. What are some of the things in, you, you know, you, you coach uh, business owners and help people um, really invest for their freedom and find their free. What are some of the things that you're seeing right now um, that is uh, successful and that people are, you know, winning in, whether it's around mindset or business, what are, what are some of the things that you're seeing right now that people are doing? Yeah. Um, we specifically help coaches grow their business, right? Generate leads and get clients online. And so what I'm seeing success in is people that are actually willing to invest into their business during these times. Mm -hmm. 
because not everyone is like uh, when you have fear, people kind of like, Oh, I'm going to cut, cut back on marketing. Yeah. I'm going to cut back on, on team. And I think that this is the moment you want to press forward. So we've got some clients that are in the mindset of like, okay, let's restrict and let's protect. And I get that there's a sense of security and protection that we want to have. And these are the opportunities where I think that you can scale your business because not there's less competition, right? Some, you know, I, I don't know who said this, but some of the biggest companies that were ever built were built right out of a recession. Yeah. So why, you know, why not take what's happening and go, okay, this is an awesome opportunity instead of how do I hide or how do I protect, you know, how do we go on offense instead of defense? So that's what I'm seeing is, you know, there's different, you know, we teach a lot of lead generation strategies and things like that, but the, the clients and the entrepreneurs that are open-minded, that are curious, that are saying, okay, how can we double down into our business? Um, If a channel's not working, how can we be flexible and either fix it or pivot and find a new way? you know, that, that may not be working uh, as much as it was a new way of generating those leads and clients. And those are the ones that I see are succeeding the most. You know, I, um, if I didn't know better, I would think that you were um, in some notes that we did a live earlier this morning with Jessica DeRose, who, who teaches um, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs how to build courses and this kind of stuff. And as we were going through the notes ahead of time, one of the things that I shared with her is uh, a statement that, uh, and you just said it, the smartest, most successful business owners, they double down during recessions. They double down during times of challenges. And I was sharing with her my first business that I started in 04. When 07 hit, not hit, because 08 actually hit. Yeah, when 07, yeah, yeah. during right. 07, you know, I started seeing things start to slow down. And, you know, my competitors, they were, they were starting to lay some people off. You could see things just getting kind of crazy. And um, we chose to triple our marketing budget. I went to the, and this was 07, so it was different then, but I went to the radio stations. I got an extra billboard. We started spending more money in the magazines. I tripled down on my marketing spend and we exploded in 2008, 2009. Like in 2009, we were on the Inc. fastest growing companies in America. And I directly attribute some of that to us doubling down. And so to your point, um, and, but again, this comes back to the fear thing. And even just back to that, like, so I was in a zone of inspiration. I'm like, you know what, this is going to be an opportunity. We're going to have, you know, as all my competitors are sleeping and they're downsizing and they're, you know, cutting their marketing budget, we're going to double down. We're going to triple down. I was in a zone of inspiration. They're in a place of stagnation, which then ultimately puts them into desperation. And I love what you're saying there, because again, who controls our state of mind? We do. And so to your point, like, it's crazy. You know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. You can almost see like a switch when, when the media switched like eight weeks ago. Yeah. Everything wasn't great, but, and I don't know exactly what it might not have been exactly eight weeks, but like they were there. It's like, yeah, you know, we might be having some challenging times, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like the world's falling apart. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And I'm just like, what actually changed? Like, nothing's changed. And when you think about even real estate, I'm, you know, I I love real estate and yes, interest rates are up. Yes. Um, we have challenges, but compared to what, like when you look at real estate prices, when you look at interest rates and you look at the charts over the years, it's not, I mean, we're actually not in a bad period of time right now. And even when you think about like, um, 
a recession, right? To and I'm not, I there's a lot of talk right now about the White House changing the definition of recession, but the reality yeah. is there's there's some stuff that goes into that, like you know, imports and exports. And when you have a couple of years like we've had the last couple of years where um, supply chain is so disrupted and everything else, there's so much money that was printed and and looking for products and services that don't exist anymore. We kind of need to slow this down. We kind of need to slow down the flow of money. I don't look at this as a bad thing per se. And is it challenging for some? Yes. But to your point, and I want to just, I'll toss it back to you. The way we think about this and the way that we keep our mindset going through these times is extremely important. 100%. And that's one of the things why I love that you, you, Mike, are doing this podcast. Because you're allowing people to listen in onto right a really positive mindset with you and with the people that you're interviewing. And I'm curious, in 2007, 2008, when you were making those moves of doubling down, you said your competitors were they were shrinking, right? They were protecting. What about your peer, like your um, peers and mentors? Were they being in that zone of inspiration as well? Were you in the environment where that was what was, or were you? Were you only around people that were in desperation? No, in fact, um, so I was working with a company then called BDR Business Development Resource, and this is you just you just started interviewing me. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm sorry. I just had no, a question it's, because it's, here, here's why I wanted to know because like I wanted to reflect back the importance of the people that we surround ourselves with and the conversations that we're having, yeah. right? And if we're if we're on that island by ourselves where it's just the media coming at us versus our mentors, our friend tours, masterminds that we're in, like being in the groups that I'm in now and some of the groups I'm sure that you're in now is what's maintaining and up-leveling my mind. Like that's supporting me to be in this state of inspiration instead of others. And it's, it can be challenging, right? Cause like some of our closest people in our lives, family members, you know, um, yeah, let's just say family members, some yeah. of them may not be in that mindset. Yeah. So it's like, how can you still show up and stay connected and love without being consumed into their fear at the time? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and to answer your question, I was, I was, yeah. um, half joking about you interviewing me. I just realized all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm being interviewed, yes. um, which is fine. Um, it's a great conversation, but yes, I was coaching with a company called business development resource. And the crazy thing was, you know, they had about 300 clients then I believe if I remember right. And so it was totally in the HVAC industry, which is what my business was. Then I was working with probably the top one or two coaching companies in the country. You know, they were working with brands like train and carrier and these big names. I had a head coach, my service manager had a coach, my accounting team had a coach, you know, I would travel, um, probably four to five times a year to be in the room with those other amazing HVAC owners. And so, you know, when you look at the amount of uh, the number of plumbing and HVAC businesses that existed across the country then, and the fact that they only had like 300 clients, I was literally in the room with probably like the top 1% of HVAC company owners in the nation. And that, to your point, that's why you asked me the question, because, you know, you, if you show me somebody that's successful, you can pretty much ask them the same question and you know what the answer is going to be. Yes, I have my round table. Yes, I have my inner circle. No, I don't spend a lot of time listening to the bobbleheads on TV. It's, it's not rocket science. It's just that most people, and again, I think I, I'm going to kind of anchor on this, but we have to remain in those places of inspiration because if you're not an inspiration and you're not surrounding yourself with you know, other people that are inspired, and that's why you asked me the question, um, mm-hmm. because the answer, you know, the answer is yes, but it's, it's who are they? You know, what was it? What's the examples? And in times like this, it's you, you said this 
a little bit ago and I want to just circle back to it. It's times like this that it's more important to not, um, you know, hide. It's more important to continue to spend that money on your coaches, on your mentoring, on your masterminds, because now's not the time to start shutting off those zones of inspiration. 100%. Yeah. Not just in, in, in like the actual investing in the business to grow it with advertising. Cause we're, we're actually doing the same thing that you did yeah. then of like, we doubled our ad spend uh, in the last like, you know, c- couple months. And then we're, we're on path to tripling it in the next month. So like, that's our vision. And still I'm looking at, okay, who are the mentors that I want to work with? What are the groups that I want to be a part of to just maintain that state? Cause state is really, really important right now. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, cause there's, you know, during, since, since COVID, right. Since the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, there are moments where I would go down certain rabbit holes. Sure. Right. And, um, and there'd be moments where a lot of the people that were sharing like super doomsday stuff, they're so believable, mm-hmm. so believable. Yeah. And I think there's an, an importance, like you've got to be aware of what could happen, right. You've got to take precautions to that. And, our mind as humans is wired to search for fear, right? Fear is what has protected us historically to survive, right? Back when we were cavemen and cave women. But we aren't in often, generally speaking, we aren't often in a lot of physical danger mm-hmm. anymore, yep. right? For most of us listening to this right now. Um, and so our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind can immediately lock into this person is looking out for my best interests. Cause they're, you know, they're talking about the doomsday and when, when you can get consumed by that, which there's moments where I was, that's what ignited the fear for me. And so, um, I'm just sharing this just from an investing perspective, cause that kept me out, you know, from yeah. making moves and making commitments and kind of almost being distracted from the thing that I have the most control of, over, which is my mind, my state, uh, and my business. And, and now focusing extra on that, I just feel a lot more stable and a lot more excited. Yeah, well, you know, I think as as you're saying that too, I think that um, in people people do not want to be wrong. And you know, if you go back to six months ago, eight months ago, you know, everything's good, and every everybody's like, "Oh, it's going to be amazing," and invest in real estate and invest in business, and then and now everybody's like, "Oh, we're all going to die." And so, I yeah. people don't want to be wrong. And I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Nobody actually knows what's going to happen. We've actually never been here before. Um, And I'm not one of those that says, you know, it's different this time or whatever, but I, we've never, we've never been where we're at right now. We're in this experiment where the entire world has printed. uh, This is the most fiat. There's been times before where certain countries failed. People will go back and they'll say, well, look at Weimar Germany and look at Venezuela and look at, yeah. yeah, but the entire world is in the same boat together. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. I already said that, but the reality is people don't want to be wrong. And so when 90% of the people are saying the same thing, it's because it's the easy thing. And I'm not saying that everything's going to be rosy and great. And we're going to come flying out of this, but I also don't know if we're going to drive off of a cliff either. And, you know, somewhere in the middle is reality. And, and again, I know that we're in a recession, but I refuse to participate. I love that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So what are you most excited about? Um, I, I was really excited to get on and just, you know, chat with all of this, but I yeah. love what you're doing. And I love the fact that you're out there teaching people, um, you know, just how to be the better version of themselves. So 
Um, and I want to touch on Lifebook for a second too, because yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about yeah. It. So let, let's circle back to that, and then you can tell me what you're most excited about. Cool. Um, yeah, Lifebook. I mean, Lifebook is is uh, I used to work for Lifebook, right? So Lifebook is a personal development company that um, they would do four day seminars, and you'd go through uh, a structured four day event and literally design a blueprint for your ideal life. So talk about intention, right? You look at your health and wellness, you look at your emotional life, your marriage, your parenting, your finances, your career, and you'd create a blueprint to achieve your goals. And I know that, you know, um, in the world of like the law of attraction and the secret, there was a lot of the whole, uh, you know, just, just wish and hope and checks are going to show up in the mail. And this one was actually grounded in, in, a, in a sense of reality where it's like, it's great to have a vision and you got to do the work. Right. And so um, that's actually Mike, where I met Sean, mm. a cool story about that. Cause Sean was the person who had the greatest impact on my life. Um, I went through Lifebook as a client of theirs. I paid for the you know, four day event. And that was when I was in investment banking at the time. And at the end of it, I discovered I wanted to be out of investment banking. I wanted to do something around coaching and personal development. And so I was relentless. Like I was asking like, how can I help grow this company? What can I do to help you? And for like four to five months, it was like, no, you don't have the experience. We don't, you know, we don't have a spot for you. And finally they said, yes. Anyway, when I went through, um, I found out that Sean was a cut, like a client of theirs. He was like one of the testimonials and I had read Sean's book before going through that event. And I just reached out to him randomly. And I said, Hey, Sean, you don't know me, but, um, I just read your book and I'm a big fan of your work and I just want to recommend this program. Oh, you know what? At the time I didn't know he went through Lifebook, but I recommend Lifebook to him. And he ended up like getting my email and picking up the phone and calling me because my number was on the, on the signature. And I share that story because um, that was like a, a really important connection where I don't think I would have created that friendship with Sean if it wasn't for Lifebook. And if that was the case, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. So it's a really cool way how like we have no idea of connecting the dots looking forward, right? There's no way of doing that, but to actually look back mm -hmm. and see all these synchronistic events that seem to be, you know, complete surprises is what led to, to, to what we're doing today. Well, and that's so. what's so exciting about the journey too, because you get, you know, who you are today, the, there's bits and piece of, pieces of all that DNA and in those people and those mentors and those events and the different careers you had and, and everything else. So what let's talk a little bit more specifically about your, your business now. Yeah. So, so today um, I have a company called fearless coach Academy. Yes. And so we teach coaches how to generate leads and get clients online, you know, how to build their funnels, how to grow their audience. And it's something that I'm super passionate about because I didn't start doing that. My first experience in coaching was just kind of being a private coach for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Like I was doing kind of mindset peak performance coaching because I had a transformation in my own life in that area. And as I grew the business and I started to do retreats, like we would take um, entrepreneurs uh, surfing and hang gliding and great white shark diving, like really amazing life-changing retreats. Um, I live in San Diego. I live in San Diego now. And I lived, lived in it eight years ago. And this is kind of the Mecca of coaches, right? A lot of people kind of start, you know, they're younger, they get into coaching, they move to San Diego, live on the beach. So some of my friends were like, Peter, how are you doing this? How did you write a book? And how did you do retreats? 
And I just took on some as clients sharing what I knew around marketing and sales and systems and realized I actually had a pretty good you know, amount of, of knowledge and expertise and wisdom that I could share with them. And I just saw that when I taught and trained a student around that, it had this ripple effect because mm. if I could empower them with the skills and the mindset to help others, clients that I would never be connected to, then it's going to have a ripple effect far greater than I could, I could have on my, myself. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what we're doing today. And it's, it's really fun to see that, um, especially like in the last couple of years, you know, a lot of people's jobs have been shifted. There's, you know, the work from home movement, there's all these things. And so the demand for coaching is greater than it's ever been, mm -hmm. which is awesome. The challenge is that there's a lot of coaches out there. So there is, you know, competition and there is saturation and those things are real. Um, but I always believe that when you're so committed and clear on your message and you're relentless in being vulnerable and sharing like all aspects of your life, people are going to resonate and it's what's going to differentiate you. So a lot of people think, oh, who am I? There's so many health coaches out there. There's so many real estate investor coaches like, no, like there's the people need to hear your story. Mm -hmm. And I love again, Mike, I love what you're doing with the podcast and the education that you're providing um, because you're helping people not just, you know, uh, make a better living and make money, but at the end of the day, it's freedom, right? Freedom to do what they love with their loved ones. Yeah. Which is really the most important part of all of it. It's like, what, yeah. why are we doing this? And so many people are, you know, like say money doesn't matter and I don't care about money. And, you know, that might be true to a certain extent, but the reality at the end of the day is that the, like money makes the world go round. We all transact yes in money and energy. So I don't, I mean, I, when, when I hear somebody saying that I'm like, okay, great. You don't need to be driven by money. And you know, even the concept of, you know, money's the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil money. Just, you know, kind of makes the world go round and we all need it. So the more money that I make, the more I can do what I actually want to do, which is like, you yes. know, coming back to what you're talking about, the freedom to, you know, be with my wife. And I'll, I'll never forget this, but my oldest son, Dylan, is a, a wake surfing coach. I don't know if we've talked about that, but oh, I didn't know that. Okay. yeah, he's a uh, professional wake surfer. He's got a pro model board. He's got sponsors. He builds, wow. okay. he builds online courses. He coaches in person. Um, but there was a period of time, probably three years ago and the kid's 22 now, but he was competing. He was you know, driving pretty hard and, and had his business even at that age already. I think he was flying, he was coaching in Japan and Korea, Hong Kong. I, I mean, at the age of like 17, 18, he was flying all over the world. Um, wow. But, you know, he hit this little point where he was, you know, kind of stressed out and it was, I mean, he's young too. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget, like, you know, he was kind of in, he was kind of in the slumps, you know, we talk about inspiration, stagnation. I think he was in yes. that stagnation zone and was kind of moving through, you know, I, he just, he just wasn't in a good spot. And I, I remember talking to my wife, Kara, and I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to uh, see if Dylan wants to fly to park city and, and go skiing. And Kara was like, yeah, do it. And so I, I went to Dylan's room and I'm like, Hey, do you want to, want to, want to go to park city for a couple of days? Just clear our head. And he, he, he lit up and he was like, yeah, when, <sighs> yeah, when? And I was like, well, let's go right now. And so we just like jumped on and we booked some tickets. We threw some clothes in a, you know, and that, yeah. that is why, I mean, nobody gets to do that for free. I had to, you know, I had to take time off work. Um, yeah. I had to buy plane tickets. I had to get a hotel. We had to buy ski, but 
yes, that all takes money. But the reality at the end of the day, that's why we do what we do is so that we have the freedom to be able to flux and, and be with those that we love and support them. So I, I believe yeah. in that. And you look at that as like, that's an investment, right? That you made in your son and in your family to have that memory with him. And how cool like to do that spontaneously, right? To just walk into his room and like, no, we're going to go today. Like we're going to fly out now. Like, cause, cause a lot of people will plan ahead or, and again, there's time times to do that, right? For family vacations, but to just say, it's not about trying to get the, and again, to have the resources to say, I don't need to get the want to get away flight. I can book the last minute flight. Doesn't matter. We're going to do this because I want to have that memory with you. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So, yeah. And it's interesting because like there's so much negativity around money in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't feel like that to me personally because of the circles that you and I run in and the conversations we have, but I know it's there because I remember hey, you hear it in the media and we don't learn anything. Or I, I mean, for me, I didn't learn a lot of positive things around money and investing in school mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And I majored in undergrad, I majored in finance. I started my career in investment banking. And I remember just like my, the way I learned was through books. And this was before podcasts and so there's books and then um, mentors and now podcasts and YouTube channels and all of that. And I just think it's so great to be able to start this conversation because there's so much that can happen in improving your quality of life and the people around you, your loved ones, um, when you, you know, become successful and when you um, focus on gaining the skills to invest and to build and to to serve in the ways that, that we get many of us get to do as entrepreneurs. Yeah. So so good, man. Well, I want to do the audience justice. Is there, is there a specific type of coach that you serve or is it just? Thank you for asking. Um, we actually help any type of coach. So a health coach, a life coach, a business coach, but somebody who is starting their journey. So we're really good at getting somebody who may have not fully clarified their offer yet or hasn't built their audience online, doesn't have the email list or the funnels built. We teach them a lot of the tactical and the strategies on how to do that. And then we also teach, and I teach, and what I love is, is mindset, right? I think the, the greatest thing that holds people back in life is fear, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book seven years ago called The Fearless Mindset. I think that everything that we desire in our relationships and our health and our finances and our career is on the other side of our fears. And building a coaching business can be scary because we are the product much of the time, right? The idea is to build it to the point to where, you know, we may not have to be the face, right? We can, we can sell the business one day, but in coaching, the reality is people connect to you as the coach. And so a lot of times people's imposter syndrome comes up and their lack of self-worth. And so what I love doing is working deeply on that area, side by side, the strategies and the tactics and, and things like that. So, you know, I love the, I haven't, I haven't read your book, but I love the title, the fearless mindset. And, you know, even as you're saying that, I think so many people, um, I was uh, earlier in this conversation, I was actually thinking about the scripture in Ecclesiastes that says there's nothing new under the sun. And when I think about that, you know, and I know I deal with this, I'm like, why would somebody want to listen to me when they can listen to Peter Scott? Or why would somebody want to listen to me when, you know, there's a Tony Robbins or whatever. And the reality is, is that um, and I learned this at the last event that um, I was at with Sean. Somebody there was talking about, I don't remember who it was, but they held their phone up sideways like like this. And they said, you know, this is the new three by five stage. And whoever it was was talking. And they said, you know, if you were putting on an event and just one person showed up, would you still put on that talk? And the answer for me is yes. Like, yes. and honestly, like 
a room of one is fine. I actually get energized in a room of one. A room of 20 is awesome. 50, 100. But in this day and age with this stage and, and all the voices and, you know, the YouTube people that have a million subscribers, like we compare to that. But the reality is if you can just go out there and impact 20 people at a time or even five people at a time, a hundred, that's insane. But when we yeah. have like a hundred people following us, we, we, we get sad about it just because of the way that the world works today. But I love I just want to circle it back because, you know, you're, you're talking to that new coach and the, um, we, I don't know about you, but I still deal with imposter syndrome, right? It's like, I don't think it ever ends. I think it doesn't end. And in fact, I actually welcome it. Cause like, if I don't have moments where I have the imposter syndrome come up, it means that I'm playing small. Mm. It means that I'm in my comfort zone and I'm not stretching myself. Yeah. So I don't think the imposter syndrome ever goes away when it does. Maybe it feels like you could play, you could be playing a bigger game, you know? Yeah. So why not welcome it? Why not be like, okay, cool. Not let it be debilitating, right? Not let it stop yeah. you, but let it inspire you of, okay, I'm stretching myself. I'm doing something I've never done before and step into that next version of yourself. So good. So, yeah. so good. Well, I'll throw it back to you. Anything else you want to yeah. say? I know you've got a gift for the audience too. So any, any last words? I just want to say thank you, first of all, for having me. It's a, it's a treat to be, on, to be with you on this. So thank you for that. Um, if any of you uh, want to connect, I think just searching for Peter Scott IV. I'm Peter Scott the fourth on Facebook or on social media. You can connect with me. And I do have a gift. If any of you want to launch a coaching business. Um, we've got a seven step checklist that outlines literally the seven steps every one of our clients use to launch a six figure coaching business and scale it. So if it's useful, um, I'll share a link, Mike, maybe you can post it in the show notes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, is that the best way of doing that? Yeah. So people can download that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, cause yeah, I just want to help more coaches and I think that it has this ripple effect on humanity. So. Yeah. And also thanks. if you want to text me the word fearless to 480-531- Seven five one nine. I'll make sure you get that too, if that's an easier way. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank cool. you for having me today. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. Huge value. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.